0: Welcome back to Real Ballers Read. In this part two of our conversation with Reggie from Reggie Reads and Books Are Pop Culture, we are going to be talking about whether or not books should have trigger warnings, Reggie's 10 Books, 10 Decades Challenge, and his story of how his podcast, Books Are Pop Culture, started. This is another episode full of gems and energy from Reggie, so we know you'll love it. And let us know that you loved it in the reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Without further ado, here's the episode.
1: What what you're saying about music here is is really deep, right? And it it actually reminds me of this quote um, from Appleman that she cites from uh, Khalid and Snyder in the Chronicle of Higher Education, because they're talking about trigger warnings, right? And when you take the example of music, right, as explicit, as messed up, as the stuff that people will be talking about, there's always like an explicit rating. Movies have, you know, the PG, PG PG-13 to the R. Um, But I'm I'm gonna just say this quote, because I'm curious your general take on trigger warnings, content warnings for anything that you're putting out. But here's what it is. So it says, as it happens, the distribution of trigger warnings by topic often seems arbitrary. Suicide, sexual assault, and eating disorders typically make the cut. Warfare, cancer, and starving children do not. We don't think we have the expertise or moral authority to make decisions about what kind of pain, not to mention whose pain matters most. Indeed, we're skeptical that anyone does." So that was the quote. And you know, going to your point about, reading books to be disturbed i mean you know are you intentionally trying to put people onto books that disturb you or you know like how are you how are you like sensitive to i guess like other people's reactions to the kinds of books that you want to read yourself
2: yeah that's a that's a dope question um and the first thing i'm gonna say is this is, is as far as i know I am someone who is in, like, good mental health, as far as I know, right? I think that's important to say because mental health, I do my best to take it as serious as it should be taken, right? Now, having having said that, I don't assume trigger warnings on anybody. I assume that I can be my full self with you until you tell me otherwise so for example one of the most violent books i've ever read is a brief history of seven killings by marlon james but it's also really good literature so if we're having a conversation we're talking about really good literature i'm just going to mention a brief history um i there's a chance that i will mention a brief history of seven killings I guess my trigger that I say is it's the most violent book I've ever read, but I don't like getting into specifics. And and I mean, just to throw it out there. I'm going to assume. If I tell you the name of a book in one of the words and the title is killings, that you're going to get the picture. Because. Like I say. I for me, I say challenge me, don't coddle me, so I do my best not to coddle other people and and the thing about this is also important to just bring up in the context of this book right i am not a teacher like professionally or whatever and i'm gonna i'm gonna debate that though right because one thing that helps me in terms of just how i engage all this stuff is what would someone who disagrees with me say right So someone might say, Reggie, you're right. You're not a teacher. You haven't taken the praxis or anything like that. But you have a pod and y'all talk about books and y'all really get into it. Y'all spent two hours talking about The Known World by Edward P. Jones. So, yeah, you're not a teacher, but you gave people a document, for lack of a better term, that they can source when they want to teach The Known World by Edward P. Jones if they choose to. And I would say, you know what, you're right. I'm still not a teacher, though. And both of those points would be able to exist, though, right?
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. Um. Now back to your question about trigger warnings. Um. I don't assume them on people, and I don't necessarily. I don't need them. Right. Um. I could just leave it at that. I don't need them. Um. So what I I guess wrongly did was assume, hey, I don't need them, you don't either. I think it's like valid and stuff like that. I think they're valid. I think um, you know, there's there's just some really foul shit that people do, um, and that people have experienced. And, you know, I don't want to put you in a place where, you know, you're not safe or you're having like these uh bad memories of something unspeakable that happened to you. So Earlier, I mentioned I'm a solutions-oriented guy, right? I try my best to be one. So I don't know, like, how this would affect the business or whatever. But something publishers, I'm not saying they have to do this, but something I think they could consider is, sure, we kind of – so when you think about it, right, because, because Jan, you were saying this, right? You were talking about how movies have, like, the ratings. TV does, too, with TVMA. TV 14, TV PG and all that, right? Yeah. Because that was a big thing with wrestling. How when when I think it was Linda McMahon was trying to like go for mayor or some political office, they went to TV PG from TV Ma because the attitude to there was wild as hell uh with WWE. Wow. Yeah. But they went to TV PG, and that's why for a while you weren't seeing people get busted open and, and blading. You know, that's all blading anyway. They're not they're not really getting busted by no chair. Um, but they weren't blading or anything like that for like a few years until like there were like rare instances. Like they would have like Brock Lesnar come in and like elbow somebody across the head to try to make it look like he brought his UFC to, uh, to, to wrestling and stuff like that. <laughs> but there was a long time where they stopped. Right. But you, you got the rating. So perhaps there can be, cause what I learned and, and the reason why this is intriguing to me a little bit, this rating system, is because there recently was a movie that came on netflix called blonde which is a fictional biography of marilyn monroe that was originally a novel authored by joyce carroll oates and it received an nc-17 rating interesting right? and rare is the case that a movie receives an nc-17 and it goes through with it what happens is movies receive nc-17s then they edit such movies are american pie Pulp Fiction. Um, what's another one? Uh, i just seen a list. Now I'm blanking because I'm on your show. Right? But we'll stick with those two: American Pie and Pulp Fiction, yeah. right, were NC-17 movies initially when they submitted to the whatever, I forget the acronym. MPAA. But MPAA, yes, thank yep. you. When they submitted to the MPAA, they were given NC-17 ratings, and they scaled it back. And then Scream. Scream's another one, too. Um, the first Scream was originally given to NC-17, right? Mm. And they scaled it back, made a couple edits. Sometimes they only got to uh, cut back like 30 seconds and they get an R, right? But they didn't do any of that with Blonde. It was like, yo, fuck it. It's NC-17, right? And that's provocative as hell, too, right? Like, yo, I never... Like, how many of us have seen a movie that's... in I haven't... I am 32 and I haven't seen an NC-17 movie. <laughs> Right. I had i had 15 years (laughs) to see NC17. I've been wasting my opportunity. Right. (laughs) But nonetheless, I think perhaps something that the publishing industry can consider is maybe like a rating system. Now, Mm -hmm. let me debate this though. Reggie, we already call books young, adult, children, and adult. So they might say, look, we got our rating system. We assume that people who read adult works are going to expect adulthood to be mirrored in their work, the good, the heinous, and everything in between. Mm. We even have genres, Reggie. We have science fiction. We have romance. So if someone wants something that will be like kinder to them, they can read a romance. Romance even has a trope of happily ever after that people can lean into. So I don't have like a, I guess a correct answer, obviously, to this trigger thing. But for my, I don't need them personally. I'm not mad at someone who doesn't. There is a way around it because even, because like one thing I've even suggested with books is y'all need to do like an end credits in your book. Because I, I be wanting to know like all the time, I'm always curious, like who edited, like you could read the acknowledgments, right? If they're there. Right. Because like a book I read recently, The Last White Man, because we have uh most of the meat on the show. I don't know when this comes out, but I think our episode of that might be out when this comes out, right? Mm-hmm. we have most in the meat on the show, he talked about how he's never done an, an acknowledgement sections in any of his five novels. Oh, wow. Right. So how do we know who edits his book? And that's no shade to him. Like, hey, look, you don't write acknowledgements, you don't write them, bro. I ain't mad at you. I don't read books for acknowledgements anyway. <laughs> I read them if they're there, but if they're not, it's like, I'm gonna say, yo, man, like this author fell, like they ain't do no acknowledgements. It's like, yo, the novel was lit.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Right? Um, but I think it would be dope for them to have end credits. Hey, this is the acquiring editor of this book. This is one of the line editors. This is one of the copy mm. editors, right? I think that would just be dope for us because we have access to that in other realms of pop culture but for some reason books are just secretive when it comes to that right and hey here i even include some of like the complexity because i might work for somewhere pr not not pr it's just too fast so i'll say riverhead let's say i was an acquiring editor at riverhead and then i end up getting a better offer from like little brown right so i leave i go to little brown so yeah i acquired the book So maybe when you do the end credits, if if I'm not the editor who carries over the line, maybe you don't, maybe you still do include me, right? Maybe you include me as the acquiring editor, but then you make up something else. where you say, okay, who's the editor that this, this is for them to figure out because I'm not in publishing, but maybe there's some verbiage you can create where you say, this is the editor that got this across the finish line. And they can find the two word answer for that. Right. But I think it would be dope if we had end credits. So maybe along with the end credits, you give a book a rating. And once again, I don't know the cost associated with that. I know it's going to be obviously a little more timely, but I don't think it takes that much time, does it? Like y'all all all read the book. Y'all reading that shit anyway. So y'all know what is rated or maybe (laughs) y'all can send it to or maybe this is a way to even create more jobs in the industry. Right. You Develop a group of people, y'all, y'all give it a name, the literary rating agency, or some shit like that. <laughs> and this is the group of people they gotta read it and they come up with a rating. Like, hey, you know, this book had hey, look, they they was having a lot of sex in this joint, so you know, we gotta rate it R because there's like nudity, right?
0: <laughs> Visual nudity.
2: Yeah, like I don't I, mean, I don't know. Like right. maybe that is a solution, but I don't need that solution. That's not for me.
0: Maybe hearing you talk, I was thinking the one time I actually think I needed a trigger warning in a book or a time where I closed the book because I just thought it was too graphic. Have you read uh, Friday Black? By I Cormier? have. Yeah. That book, that first chapter, man, where uh, he's talking about the really violent I don't even want to say it because I just felt so mad, messed up. But I was just like, "Dog, like, I can't read this." It it just seemed like such black trauma that was so unnecessary, and like, I don't know, just that image. I just felt was so sick and wrong. And right, I feel like I should have powered through. But I'm thinking of other um, media. Like, did you hear of the Amazon Prime show, "Them," like the black horror? Yeah. yeah. So, I saw yeah. that too and I was like, ah, I got to stop with this cuz this is becoming too much. I almost stopped with Lovecraft Country too for the same reason. Um, but yeah, I think when the black trauma gets to a point where I feel it's excessive or performative, I'm just like, who is this for? Cuz it's for sure It do- doesn't feel like it's for for me. Um and but that's but yeah, that's that's the only time where I was like, you know what I'm just gonna close this book. I, I don't even want to be dis, dis disturbed in this in this way. I you know so. But what was your experience with that book?
2: Yeah, I mean to be honest, like I I don't think there's once again me personally that book didn't trigger me at all. I mean I I oh, really? I can't tell you a book that has. I mean wow. and this is someone I'm not like a horror aficionado per se. <laughs> like I don't have like this yeah, uh right. this long Rolodex of horror movies that scene but like at the end I like like October is lit for us cuz we're like yo we're going to watch horror movies all month <laughs> and that's just kind of like our our shit oh no all right oh no yeah so so like that's just how I get down so i don't know i i haven't i haven't come across like don't get me wrong like i was saying brief history of 7 killings there's a scene like early in the book that's like yo that shit is crazy right like i don't I literally call it unspeakable because I don't even describe it to people. I just say, look, you gotta read it because I I ain't gonna tell you what happened, <laughs> right? Um, but it's like I just read past it. I just was like, okay, hey, this is a part of the story, and mm-hmm. it 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 ultimately lets you know, like, look, this is what and it's so interesting because authors trick you too, because usually they kind of open the book with like some wow, and rare is the case where. Something, I don't want to say rare, but often it's not the case that they'll do something that supersedes that in terms of like how wild it was. They kind of show you the handshake in the front of the book yeah. and they say, hey, look, you're going to do this handshake with me. If you do this handshake with me, you can join the club. Right. Mm-hmm. But if not, then, you know, you can close the book and maybe we'll meet each other later or something like that. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And a
2: lot of times authors do that. And I think Marlon James did that with A Brief History of Seven Killings. Um, And and it's not necessarily always like with violence and shit like that. Sometimes they do it with just provocative takes or just things of that nature. Um, But nonetheless, there hasn't been a book that like
0: triggered me. Mm. Right. No, I mean, the the way you were talking about that Marlon James book too made me realize there's something about Reading that can feel even more real than a movie or TV show can make it feel. Our imaginations
1: go crazy, man.
0: They go crazy, and it's the the tension, the slow build of the emotions. Janet and I talk about the bluest eye all the time because I think that was one stomach-churning book, and it's because the writing is so beautiful. They're like, "What? Just what the fuck am I feeling right now?" Because I'm sick to my stomach, but like, she's clearly. In her bag, you know she's writing her ass eye, off. It's beautiful writing, but just the, the the way hands creep up skirts, I'm just like, oh,
3: I, I, oh
0: like I, I can't even talk about it. No, um, I'm thinking yeah. of Native of Native Son too, obviously, because he just holds so much su- 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 suspense in those scenes, and you feel just the rage and gore in a different way than even if you couldn't, even when you can't see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, man, and, and here's the thing. They're trying to make sure these kids don't engage with Morrison. And they, and they probably, I don't know, I don't know about Native Son's journey um, through book yeah. banning, but, but I remember reading it and there, there's ban worthy material based off the shit they banning, Yeah. Right? Look, these kids, these adults, these literary citizens of all, not all ages, but I guess of a certain age going forward need to read Native Son in the blue Eye. Like, if you want to read Black literature, you, you, you should get into that. Uh, you know, I, I'll say should, not need, because I, ain't, I, ain't, I am not a fan of saying, like, yo, man, you know, you need to read this shit. Like, because I think you can have an equally fulfilling reading life and have no idea who Tony Morrison or Richard Wright is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm completely open to that. Um, you know, but my thing is, if you say, look, I'm trying to read African-American, like literary, you know, style books. And I really want to go to like the route I want to read those who are considered the best of the best. I mean, Morrison and Wright got to be up there. Like if, if you're not reading Native Son and the Bluest Eye, you know, then, then what are you doing If if you say that's your goal? Thanks. And, Thanks. and and the bluest eye is definitely one of the best debut novels I've ever read. So it's like to reduce that novel to just the the incest that mm-hmm. takes place in there is a reductive reading of that work. Very like much. there are bad things that happen, but the bluest eye is also strange. The bluest eye is also funny. The bluest eye also has very clever turns of phrase. Right? It, it's Toni Morrison like her her books are her books are much more than a particular scene that you can quote from them
0: yeah yeah no i think shoulds like you should read always comes down to yeah getting to know a, a person better though just as you're saying because it's like if i said to you oh i really want to read political satire but orwell is too white you would be like yo go go read glory like it just came out in 2022 fire book you should read it because of your interest in this and
1: that's what's really interesting to me about deborah alfman not specifically for this book but that i saw in her bio that she has a few books about uh reading for themselves uncommon core reading better reading smarter, um, and you know, she even mentioned it and here a little bit, just how you can, as a solution, like give students the choice to read different things. Um, But I think that's a huge like issue here that was kind of like, I I felt it was a little bit missing from this specific book of hers, but I was like, man, if we gave kids, young adults more leeway to just choose what they wanted to read, then a lot of these challenges wouldn't be an issue anymore, right? Because I think a lot of the A lot of the problem is that when you have teachers who are very top down saying, oh, you should read this without knowing their kids, then of course, it's going to lead to challenges where someone's not ready for it, or that's not a good fit. But kind of the way that we're talking about it is, yeah, when you choose to read the book, when you are pulled to it because of your curiosity or your values or someone that you care about recommending it, it totally changes your experience of the book than when you feel like you're forced to read it.
2: I, so I'll push back a little bit on that, right? Because I do feel like in the, right. well, don't get me wrong, I'm not like quoting the book directly, but I feel like it's maybe like five or six. I know in six, she mentions Chimamanda Adichie's single story TED Talk, which I was like, I wanted to watch it again before we got on here. But it does mention that like the days of like, hey, the whole class has to read this text. They are past it she essentially mm. was saying right yeah like it doesn't yeah, she have did. to she did. it doesn't have to be that. And, and that's not to say that there aren't classes that are still on that shit. of course there are classes that are on that shit because like you said there wouldn't be a need to ban a book if there wasn't classes on that shit still but like i i because we're still basically talking about trigger warnings right so yeah i guess I'm not necessarily against what they were showing, in uh, what she's showing in the book about the syllabuses or, or, or syllabi, if it's plural, is it syllabi? I don't know the correct word. Syllabi.
0: Yeah, it's syllabi.
2: Yeah, <laughs> syllabi, right? So on, on syllabi, there are like these content warnings in the syllabi. But see, I personally think that's unfair to the teacher though. I don't think it's the teacher's job to give Trigger warnings for literature. I think that's the publisher's job, if anything. That's Ooh. why I was saying earlier about that's like potentially like a rating system, yeah, you know, LRA, right. whatever, right? Because right. that means the teacher has to read the book, which I guess you should if you're gonna teach it. but Like <laughs> I'm trying to. My thing is like I I I read the well shit when we choose the book for the book club. I ain't read that shit yet. I'm like yo, yeah, who, I, I hit up Achilles. I'm like yo, you want to read this this month? He'd be like, yeah, no, or or vice versa. Me, I'd be like, yeah, no. And then we just read that shit like during the month. We don't read it like beforehand. Right. You know, it's just like over, over, I guess in our world, it's kind of like, hey, adulthood life is, is like she, Deborah Appleman called me out. Right. Because she was saying perhaps cavalierly certain uh, readers say life is a trigger. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of got that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working through it, I guess. Yeah. Or, or not. I don't know. I'm you know, I books that, to disturb kind of, myself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm like, yo, man, listen, I've heard things, seen things, gone through things like life ain't all peaceful. So uh I just I expect the best of the best and the worst of the worst when I read, right? But I think it's a little unfair for people who are already underpaid and it's documented to add that to the list, like, hey, look, y'all gotta be our like rating system like when we put the book out. The publishers know exactly what's in the book, right? They know who it's suited for or whatever, and like I said, maybe there's a way to create more jobs and just create that little literary ratings. Agency and and then that way, you know, they can say, Hey, look, this book is rated R. So, you know, if you don't want your child reading a rated R book, then you know, fuck it.
0: Right. And that might be because the publishers aren't in the business though of making sure the books are read. They're making sure the books are sold. We are helping these books that are being sold be read by talking about them, by having book club meetings. And that's same for the teachers too. I feel like the publishers feel like their main job is just like to drop it off. Um, whereas with the movie, which is different in that sense too, like when you sit and you sell the ticket, you automatically know that it's gonna be watched. Like it's very rare that someone walks out of a theater. I know that it happens, but most books are not read. Like what? percentage uh, of books that are sold do you even think get read like your hypothesis
2: uh probably like 10
0: maybe yeah yeah I was yeah around like 10 later, or less like for, yeah right. five to ten right
2: yeah um that is a good that's a very good point mm-hmm. but still though like they read them though like like regardless right. of whether or not we do they do just like right. with a TV show, just like with a movie. They're watching the TV. They're watching the movie. So my thing is, the people who create this content that we consume or not, they've engaged with it.
0: Yeah, very true. So, the first hands that it does touch, so they are the most re- respo- re- responsible. So I agree. Um,
2: yeah. Mm. I, I just want to reiterate, I don't need a rating system. <laughs> but I'm just saying if if I just, I, it's important that I say that, Mm -hmm. but like I I try, I'm trying to be in the mind of someone who does though. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, if, if I do need to know what I'm getting into, right. If I need, okay, this is rated R L S V for language, sex, violence, right. Um, okay. I might not want to read this. I'm not in a place where I, I need to be reading about sex, mm-hmm. I'm not in a place where I need to be reading about violence, and I don't want to hear language, right? But even even what's what's also interesting though too is they had that now. What I, this is what I will say is I think a little ridiculous, right? Like that long ass list of trigger ones that's in the book.
0: I thought that was a little crazy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even gonna lie. That, that, that's that, the one that's thing included where included it or like the list itself
2: it just was like so what what are you going to do with a book you're going to put 50 trigger warnings in the front of on the first page of a book for a <laughs> reader the thing about that too is and and there were examples in the book that were like talking about like i remember um i forget what the state was but it was like four parents that had an issue with maybe it was it was like uh it was like the teaching of of slavery i believe
1: yeah, yeah california, california it was i think to kill mockingbird huckleberry finn uh some other book and then uh Roll of thunder hear my cry yes which was another yes. book that we talked about with uh how actually on the show but yeah that was interesting i didn't know that it was mostly black parents that were raising it i thought it was like white folks that were like oh we don't want to have our kids reading mildred taylor
2: yeah but what's what's interesting about that is right, is and and I'm gonna go back to this uh this this blonde thing real quick. Like, people are so offended that like Marilyn Monroe is depicted, and they call it like trauma porn, right? And it's and and the thing that I think is so interesting about that is not to say like I think she deserves to be depicted in that way or anything. Like I ain't. I'm not. I'm not invested in Marilyn Monroe to have any feelings about her, right? Right. You no, know, and I know she passed away a very long time ago, right? Um, and there's interesting circumstances behind that too. I don't know if y'all yeah. have ever heard about that. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's interesting how a movie about an enslavement could come out every year. I don't be hearing all this shit from all y'all. But as soon as one of y'all faves is going through some shit. Right? Cause cause like man, they're saying there's like sexual assault in there. There's a whole bunch of that. A whole bunch of um just her kind of like like the actress who's playing Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. She's just nude a lot and exploited and this and that, right? And you know what's interesting about that, and this kind of relates to the book is first off, this is fiction. This is a yeah. this movie is not a biography or autobiography. It is a fictionalized biography. Some people claim to enjoy fiction, but they don't really know what fiction is. They don't know that fiction allows for your imagination to roam. And your imagination just because, like, here's the thing. When I when I say let your imagination roam, that sounds like a beautiful thing, doesn't it? Like you can think and you got all this possibility, right? And and all these options. It sounds like the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. Let my imagination roam free. But some people's <laughs> imaginations is going to go to some dark ass places. <laughs> and apparently Joyce Carol Oates imagination did when well, she wrote that book. The book is 700 pages too.
0: Yeah. She, she I think it up. Yeah. I think Joyce Carol Oates said it was like one of her favorite books that she she wrote, or like the best book that she even wrote. She was really proud uh-huh. of it. Yeah,
2: you see what I'm saying? So, like, you know,
0: right? No, I mean, on that, on that point, though, um, of just f- fiction having taking that power of the imagination. Uh, we've been talking about Toni Morrison. I remember in her documentary, "The Pieces I Am." They tell this story about how, as a professor, she had all of her writing students write about a point of view that wasn't their own. So it had to be a different race, different gen, gen, gender, and felt that this was critically important that they developed this muscle. And I'm curious for you, given that we're talking about like American dirt which is that exercise, like Toni Morrison could have assigned her to write that novel innocence, a sense, like spirit, spiritually, if she was one of her, her, her students. Like the, the positionality of an author is so important now. And I wanted to ask you, like, has there been a time recently where you were really surprised by who an author was based on what they wrote? or didn't want to read what they wrote because of who they were. That's yeah, kind sure. of it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, like there's a, there's a book out right now called Dilla, right? Which is about oh, yes. legendary producer, uh, Jay right. Dilla, right? Or it's called the book called Dilla Time or something like that, right? Yes. I've heard it. And um, a white man wrote it and I haven't got it yet. I'm not going to lie. Like, like I said, I'm a walking mm-hmm. contradiction too. Cause right. that is a book I don't have, but I got to kill a mockingbird over here and Huckleberry Finn all <laughs> right i'm not perfect i'm weird and in and, and flawed and those, trying to those shut those and do seem
0: different up. yeah
2: right but, but my thing is right i am and i'm gonna say it like this because like i said this big boy talk we keeping it real i am discriminating against him right now because he's a white man writing a book about him right but, but here's the irony in that i got a book about nipsey hustle that a white man wrote right here in, in my crib
0: yeah i was gonna say i was gonna bring that one up too
2: so I'm cherry picking. You know what I'm saying? Like, why I can't, why I got the Nipsey joint if I don't got his? What's the difference? It's the same shit. Right? And it's and it's like, my thing is, and here's another thing I've just been thinking about, too. Um, What if, because I could search the web, right? Because here's the beautiful thing about the web. You might not be able to be published, right? Because you got to go through gates and all that. Right. So you might not be able to go through the big five or even the indie press because they might all reject you. Mm-hmm. But you can self-publish and you can always blog or post like there's a um, there's a there's an account on IG. Ain't no jigger, Whole bunch of Jay-Z content. Right. I don't know who's the author or the mastermind behind that shit. Might be a white dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not reading Dilla, but I'm over here fucking with my man. who document Jay, right? But like we can, the web has made it so the opportunity is there to get your story out. We don't know how it's going to be received. We don't know who's going to engage with you, but you have the right to fail because of social media and because of the web itself. You could do a substack, serialize your book or your ideas about Dilla as a black person right mm. serialize your ideas about swiss beats timberland or whatever other producer pharrell metro booming you mm-hmm. know so i can speak to y'all because y'all younger to me. metro <laughs> booming uh who else take keith yeah exactly right you know yeah right whatever you know y'all might like y'all drills so uh Axel and
1: uh who else they talking about with the with the drill got this beef from cast not from youtube
2: yeah (laughs) right so (laughs) like we all have a right to like put our story or our interest out there that's democratized and you might not get your million followers but you can still do the work and hopefully it'll be like field of dreams if you build it they will come
1: (laughs) yeah you know i wanted to talk about definitely with you something that you've built Cause today we've talked about you wanting to read the best of the best, the worst of the worst. You mentioned Kane earlier and something that we didn't mention in our intro is that you also created the 10 books, 10 decades challenge. Um, so we'd love to just hear the story of like what inspired that, uh, what you've learned, maybe how books have changed, just like generally chop it up around 10 books, 10 decade.
2: Yeah. Appreciate you asking about that, Jan. Thank you, man. 10 Books, 10 Decades, I'm thinking I was probably like on my bed reading or something. And I was just thinking about all the books I'm reading and just like when they came out. As y'all know, I mean, I didn't mention, I don't know if y'all do like every book that someone mentions during the show in y'all show notes. As far as 10 Books, 10 Decades, I was just thinking to myself, like, I should do something to organize this a little bit, to put a little more intentionality behind like how I'm choosing the books when I go back and read the classics. Right. And I think part of this, so I'm going to mention something I did in 2017 that I think without this, I probably would have never created 10 books, 10 decades. So in 2015, 2016, when I first started reading, I was reading mostly men. Right. Which a lot of us, a lot of men only read men like books bookstagrammers. We a little evolved and shit. We trying to read a little bit of everybody and trying to do, the right thing and that's good right because i would be deprived of literally my favorite author of all time tony morrison if i didn't read if i still read only men right and probably my second favorite which is Ann petrie if i only read men but in 2017 i said you know what i'm gonna read 20 books in a row written by women and it's all my good reads. Like, if y'all on Goodreads, you can see it. It's all there. Um, I don't remember the exact order, but some of the books I read in that time were The Color Purple, The Street, um, New People by Danzy Senna, um, Star Side of Bird Hill, Naomi Jackson, uh, Disgruntled by Sally Solomon, right? And it was all black women, too. And the Mm. reason why I did that is because, like, I'm... I was starting to become like more aware of words like patriarchy, misogyny, like feminism and like what they are and what they mean. Right. So I was like, okay, let me see what I can do to be a little bit better. And one thing, one of the best ways to learn how to listen is to read. Right. The reason why when you talk to a lot of people, they don't listen to you is probably because they're not readers. They'll talk over you. They'll do this and do that. But I've noticed a lot of readers are good listeners because. We read in books, it's a I believe it is a conversation ultimately. Because we can respond by reviewing and rating the book and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's a one way conversation. So, we have mastered the ability to listen. And top that off, we're literally listening a lot of times because audiobooks are so prevalent now. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of us are good listeners. Mm. And I decided a way that I can listen to women is to read them and end up reading. I went for 20 in a row, but I ended up doing like 23, I think, or something like that. And it went from like, At some point in 2017, it might have traveled to 2018 a little bit too. Uh, But yeah, nonetheless, that's what it was. It was like, I just read a bunch of those books and and that opened my mind. And I think it made me, I've always been someone and I've always been like, I shouldn't get no cookie for this, right? But I'm just going to mention it. It's just part of the story. I've always been someone who've had like, and, and I never found it difficult to have platonic friendships with women. I know y'all know certain niggas that like they no, platonic bro, friends I, are only I, can, I can't yeah, hang out with no girls, bro. Yeah, nah, you bro. Know, totally. it's all <laughs> it's all conquest women is women, and that and that right. I don't advocate for that, I'm just keeping right. it real,
0: yeah.
2: Right, but I've always had platonic friends, I've always been platonic friends with women, my my entire I guess girls when I'm a boy, but whatever, right? I've always been platonic friends with women, mm-hmm. um. But I know that I could be a better listener, though. I, just because I was a time friend, I mean, I was the perfect one. All right. So that was a way for me to become even better. Like, I feel like I'm a better friend to women. Right. As a result of me committing to reading women. And y'all see what's going on behind me, too. Several of these books are about women. I got them facing y'all and shit. So, ain't yeah. nothing changed but it's just like um what was i what was, what was the main point i'm sorry uh, well,
0: the you're ten, ten, uh, 10 decades challenge ten, yeah, 10 decades yeah yeah. The,
2: yeah so i talk about this as it pertains to 10 decades because that was kind of like my first well no probably my second exer- second or third exercise in intentionality when it came to reading cuz at first it was about self help and business and grinding and all that shit And then it became just black people, but it was primarily black men. But I think reading the women in 2017 was the most important, though, because that kind of made me realize, like, okay, I got to make sure in my reading rotation, it can't always just be all men. It can't always be all women either. Right. It needs to be some type of balance. And even with the show, like with BAPC. When it comes to booking, like that even goes into that. Okay, hey, look, we didn't have a lot of men in a row now. We need to do better or vice versa. Hey, look, we had a lot of women. We got to get a dude up here. You know, and even non-binary, like I got to factor that in. I got to factor in all identities, right? So with 10 Books 10 Decades, I I eventually realized like, okay, I'm reading a lot of these old books, Um, but how can I like make it more fun? Like, how can I make sure I'm hitting like
0: all the time
2: periods? So I was like, yo, I could read books from 10 decades within one year. And then that became, okay, if they're from 10 decades, that's 10 books. Let's just call it 10 books, 10 decades. Let's just put it out there, right? Because there was this challenge I actually did before that. I don't really, like some some people who are OGs with me, they'll mention it to me and I appreciate them, but I don't really like push for it no more. I had two books under 50 reviews. Basically what that was is, you go on Goodreads, you find a backlist book that has less than 50 reviews, not 50 ratings, but 50 reviews. This is basically me trying to do like some Zora Neale Hurston type shit, because as y'all know, right. Zora, right, was like rediscovered by Alice Walker. Yeah. So that exactly. was my way of kind of trying to do that with people who are not getting their flowers now or have passed That's away fair. and haven't got them, right? That's uh-huh. part of how Like, like a lot of times I get tagged when people read the street or the narrows because I was championing Petrie like crazy. Cause I'm like, this is the first black woman that sold African American, whatever. I don't know if she's the first black woman like on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll say the first African American woman who sold a million copies of a novel and none of us on bookstagram are talking about her. So I was going crazy and I was like, and this book is good as hell. So we're going to talk about Anne Petrie, or at least I'm going to talk about her. And the people who fuck with me, we're going we gonna to think about talking about her. So now I got even on my page a little highlight of read Ann Petrie. I haven't gotten everybody. I could go through the archive, thankfully, and build it up some more. But I got a little archive of people who tag me when you know, they read Ann Petrie. And it's it's a lot more where they came from. That archive ain't that little highlight I got now ain't shit. If I go through the archives and pull it up, we're going to have some numbers in there, right? Wow. And so that that was my first challenge two books under 50 reviews but to be honest i just think part of the truth is man people ain't trying to read shit that ain't nobody else read.
0: <laughs> yeah definitely
2: that's just what it is
0: that, that's I will,
2: yeah and, and, and i don't i want to read that's why you got reggie bailey on real ballers read we reading something like this i could have easily hit y'all with yo let uh, let me think of a book that just won some shit. I could have easily hit y'all. Y'all, let's read Nickel Boys. I could have easily said, uh, <laughs> let's read the Underground Railroad. Let's read The Sympathizer. <laughs> Salvage the Bones. Sing Unburied. Sing. Right. 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 Uh, or even in the tradition of uh, this little tradition of whiteness here. Right. Let's read. Um. Let's read the Topeka School, or let's read Less. <laughs> right. Or Improvement. Right, right. Right. All these books that have won various awards. Right. Or even I don't know the author's name, but she just put out the books of Jacob this year. She's like, I think from Poland or something like that. Uh, Olga. Olga. I can't pronounce her last name. I'm not going to try it. <laughs> Let's read the books of Jacob because she just won the Nobel like in 18 or 17. Right. Wow. So many popular, highly praised books I could have came up here with. But I'm not into that. I want to give you all something that they only got to come to Real Ballers Read to listen to. Right? Like now, maybe someone might hear this shit now and do an episode about it on their pod. Facts. But we did it first, though. Right? And job, that's man. why I started something like two books <laughs> fifty under 50 reviews. Yeah, But eventually became 10 books 10 decades because what I wanted to do was just meet. I mean, shit, we keeping it real. I didn't want to start a challenge that no one was participating in. Thanks. I'm putting this on my social media like I don't want to just do this shit by myself and people were doing it and people still do it right there's some people who have been affected by it and now they look for the underread book I still do but I am like Mr. 10 books 10 decades now though because that really connected with people because now they don't got to worry about how many reviews a book have and some people are having trouble locating like they were finding a book and I literally was saying it in the description of the challenge right it has to have under 50 reviews has to be published before this year and people would just pick a book that came out yesterday that got two reviews it's like yeah it only got two reviews it came out yesterday (laughs) and it's indie Right. right yeah so 10 books 10 decades is just my way to meet readers where they were it's like okay this is something that I do this is fun I can still find a book from the 40s that don't got a lot of readers and include that in my list right um and you could just do a whole bunch of popular books that's what you into if you want to read all the canonical text right and the thing that's been the most rewarding thing of 10 books 10 decades is uh you know people have come to me right multiple people have come to me and say yo this is one of the best books i've ever read i would have never read if it wasn't for 10 books 10 decades right there's there's this uh there's this reader um fictitious erica who told me about um giovanni's room beloved right and and it's a white woman too she said i read giovanni's room beloved because this challenge those two of the best books i've ever read i was like
0: bet that's fire wow it's almost like a new and better kind of book club though because it's like you all get to be reading all this diverse range of books all get to be talking about it it's just it was it's such such an incredible idea. One of the the coolest things that we've seen on Ball 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 Instagram. Definitely, you have a challenge that you're thinking of for 2023, and I know that's going to be under wraps.
2: Huh? Nah, I mean not a challenge. <laughs> I'm just doing 10 books, 10 decades every year. Honestly, that's oh, Right? Yeah. Right. You know, right. and, and and I appreciate what you said too just now about like. Right the um just like all of us kind of being a part of a large book club like the thing that i like when i made my post i said you can curate your own canon we we once again solutions oriented right i ain't gonna get on my page and complain to y'all about how white the canon is and how masculine the canon is we all know what that is bro we all know it and my face already blue so i gotta do something about it now right And the do something was let's I'm gonna create this challenge. Now we all create our own canon. Imagine if all of us are like seeing who's doing it right. And and there are ways that I could be more engaging with it. That I, you know, as I even talk to y'all now, I'm thinking of like, okay, how can I even just touch more people with this shit? Right. And I got my mind working a little bit, but it's like now, maybe because this challenge in the 40s. We, we all read Aunt Petrie. and now when we all have children, or if we have children, we might go to the school board and say, hey, look, there's this really good book, like if y'all teach black classics, that y'all should consider teaching, and that's um, The Street by Aunt Petrie. Maybe in the 70s, they'll say, look, if y'all want to talk about slavery, there's this really cool book y'all should teach that'll spark really good conversations in your class called Kindred by Octavia Butler it's like fantasy it's it's a thorny topic right and it and it puts readers in an uncomfortable place right but I think the the fantastical element makes the heavy topic go down a little easier like now you can start to what what I'm trying to do with this it's always bigger than just the act of you reading the book Yeah. like it, I want real engagement and then I also, want people to engage with the books the way Appleman is describing, make it impact you, make it disturb you, make you make it change. You. Like you can read these joints and have fun with it, but you know, the type of reader I am, like I wanna, I like when I say, yo, know, I read like when I'm having a conversation with somebody and we talking about some real shit that happened or whatever, and I can kind of like talk about how this actually I can tell them. So I read this book called This and That. I tell them a scene, and I'm like, this is what this moment reminds me of. And that's what I'm hoping. Like, literature really does help us understand everything that's going on. And um, I think 10 books, 10 decades, it's so crazy how the 10 books, 10 decades challenge is in conversation with this work. Right? I'm developing this thought while I'm talking to y'all, too, so I appreciate y'all giving me this platform. It's in conversation with this work because it does help you understand, like... Okay, in the 20s, this is the book Nella Larson had to write about a black woman passing in 1929. Mm. Because this is what it was like. This is how life was. These are the opportunities or lack thereof that women had. This is why a woman would consider concealing her black identity. Because this is what life was like. Shit, she write, the novel probably wouldn't be called passing in 2020. It'd just be called Black as fuck or something, right?
0: (laughs) Black AF. AF.
2: Yeah, or black AF, right?
0: Right. Kenya Bears.
2: Yeah. And and that's no shade to him. I haven't seen it. But just like now, you can just be a light-skinned black person. You don't gotta consider, and I'm not saying there's probably are people still passing this shit. I'm not saying that's just dead. We would never know. But like you don't have to no more, though. Like I, I, I would, I'll say this: It's probably niggas still passing now, but it, it like, let's say it was, let's say seventy percent, and I'm just throwing that number out there. I don't know the number, <sighs> but let's say seventy percent of fair-skinned biracial people chose to pass in the early 1900s, right? In the 2020s, I would guess that two percent of them are doing it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking like, man, what percentage of parents are still taking out the brown paper paper bag on, on their kids? Like, hey, <laughs> that would that would be crazy. No, I, I feel like yeah, it, that's that that's got to be so small though. I think culturally, I would think. I mean, black culture I mean, has got- shifted. A lot, a lot. Now
1: you got more non-black people trying to pass as black you know? <laughs> than you do <laughs> black people trying to pass as not black. So you you know feel me, there. like, like black is in totally vogue change. now. Yeah.
0: It is, it really is.
2: And whole time it was in vogue then too. Yeah,
0: yeah, that is
1: because true. Because yeah.
2: the white folk was was slumming. Y'all heard about slumming? Like when they used to like come oh. from the suburbs and like they would go to Harlem to go to the clubs oh, and shit like yeah. that. They oh yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah.
2: Black always been in vogue, but they was just trying to, you know how it is, man. When somebody in power and somebody under you is like fly, you gotta tell them they ain't shit, so they don't supersede you.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's uh, what Norm and Mailer wrote about in the White Negro. He's like, oh yeah, all these white kids now trying to ba- pass as black by being cool and listening to boom bap and jazz and all this shit. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to talk about books are pop culture too. Such a big fan, man, just an incredible show Yeah, for real. You all our like brothers really are our vision and our big bros on the platform and just the guests and the topics and the range are insane. And I just want to ask a little bit about your journey with finding your own voice and confidence with that podcast as we find ours.
1: Yeah. And I'll add to uh just your your relationship with Achilles as well, how nice. that came together, just generally setting the context for books or pop culture to even thrive as much as it is now. So yeah, I was literally about to go there too. So we're on the same page.
2: Now first off, Jen and Miles, thank both of y'all for even giving us consideration at all and just I'm not sure how many y'all caught or whatever, but even if it's only one or 30 seconds of one, like I even appreciate you giving it a no, clip. Several, man,
0: several full
2: episodes. Yep. Yep. No, thank you. And I say that, and I'm I'm going to answer the question directly, right? But like I said, I don't want this to be like every other conversation y'all had, right? But I say that because there's so much content out here, bro. So like as of this recording in my stories, right? I just reposted something. I think is from like Say Cheese. Now I'll be following the ratchet shit too. Right, and and shout out to the ratchet shit for real, cause the ratchet shit be spreading the information just like the the professional shit, like, right? Not always good, but right. Yeah. So say cheese, I believe it was posted. There's a million songs being uploaded daily between the DSPs, the digital streaming platforms. That's and, and let me say that again for listeners and viewers whoever watching this, listen to this, right? They posted. Right, and I'm gonna, and here's one thing that I would advise anyone to do: if you're really interested in the topic that you see online, don't just go off of the caption and the little picture that they post up. Google the article and read it your damn self too. But all I've done so far is just repost a little joint, and I'm gonna find an article on it too. There are a million songs uploaded daily to the the dsps or digital streaming platforms so think spotify apple music um what i guess there's amazon music title all that a million songs being uploaded daily to those places right so that's why i say thank y'all right because that's just music who knows how many episodes of podcasts are being uploaded on youtube for the visuals plus how many episodes are being uploaded to dsps as well I, i recently learned that there's 44 million I believe that's the number 44 million podcasts on Spotify alone and y'all know they're with podcasts now they do exclusive deals so yo you can only get this on Spotify you can only get this here you can only get this there right so like I say there is an excessive I mean there's there's got to be a word bigger than that but an excessive amount of content so to choose us is something I do not take lightly right um, now, regarding BAPC and like its founding and everything, like anybody else, like I, I, if I see pretty much on on Bookstagram, right, if you're black and I see you holding a book in your hand, I usually follow you. I have a very low bar to reach when it comes to push and follow. I'm not stingy like a lot of people, right? Very low bar. Um, so of course Achilles literally named a black man reading, so he got followed, right? And like vice versa. So naturally, we'll engage here and there. Right. But then he starts doing lives and I start tuning in. Right. IG lives, I should say Instagram lives. And one time, just like the offhand remark. Right. He just says, hey, Reggie, one time we got to get up here and do a live. And I was like, yeah, we do. Actually, we should. I just knew it would be dope because I'm like, we too Two black dudes, we there's not many of us in the space. It'd be cool to just kind of get up there with them and just talk some shit about books. So I ended up sending him my number. I was like, yo, just call me sometime during the week or something like that, or, or whenever you're available. So we ended up talking. And my my thing was because I hadn't done an Instagram live before at the time. It was all sidewalk pics and book reviews and shit. So I was like, listen, I never done this before. This is during the pandemic, too. Well. It's funny we say during the pandemic. I just had COVID probably like a month or so ago, and I'm saying during it was during the pandemic. Um, and that shit was that shit was rough too, yo I ain't gonna lie, that shit was rough. Oh, I was man, good. Man. I never thought my life was online but right. Ew, COVID, COVID, said, "Nigga, yeah. you, Sitting I ain't nothing out. to play Watch with." Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, this was like at the height, I, I should say, or, or towards the height of the pandemic um and we talking on the phone i was like you know i just wanted to make sure to just get with you and talk to you just so when we get up there it ain't awkward or no shit like that like build a little rapport or whatever right and obviously with a show like ours oh, i don't do that no more but i wanted to do that at least at the time i was a little demanding but we ended up going up there we ended up just hitting it off and just talking about books and stuff i had a whole bunch of questions because i wasn't gonna go up there and just like free will it you know i was like i'm gonna go up here organize and it's interesting because we end up talking during the middle of the week, like texting. And he's like, we're going to go up there again next Sunday. I was like, why would we do that? What are we going to talk about? And he says, <laughs> and he was correct. He says, all we got to do is go up there. We're going to be good. He was right. I can't lie. Kelly was right. And we end up going up there again and then again and again and again and again and again and again. So from August... September of 2020 to February of 2021, we were just calling it ABMR times RR. So now, this is good because I get to mention his social media handle, which y'all should follow, a Black Man Reading. And that's what we were calling it, Black Man Reading times Reggie Reads. But eventually, we we had another phone call. I said, yo, I got a name for this. I was like... Because at first, we had another name, which I never tell because you never know. We might need to use it. But... I was like, yo, we gotta call this books of pop culture. And I explained it. I was like, yo, books need to be authors or superstars just like these artists, these other artists that we like. So many of the TV shows and movies that we engage with are based off novels or nonfiction books or whatever. Books are pop culture. People don't treat them like such, but we are. That's what we're gonna do, right? So eventually we announced the name during Wood a Week, which he does every year. Y'all gotta follow him once again, Black Man Reading. He does every year. We announced it during a Week, and March, as of March 7th, 2021, we had our first episode of Books of Pop Culture, which was IG Live, all that's on our YouTube page now too. All of our IG Lives as Books of Pop Culture, I think all of them, or most of them, are on our YouTube page now. And that that's kind of how it started, right? And it just evolved, like at first it was just like us, and we still do that. We still do the just us episodes, which I really like that y'all are doing too, because it's important for y'all to showcase y'all intellect and showcase the work that y'all are doing too, right? Not that you can't do that when you have a guest on, but it, it's dope to do it like for y'all too. Like it's dope that people get to see, like, yo, y'all just read Native Son or reread it or or whatever. Uh, I think it was your first time, right, Uh Yeah, my it
0: was first time. It was. First
2: time reading it. Yeah, and it was dope to hear you and Jan talk about ET and just. His impact on y'all, and look, man, I don't know if that was like a Freudian slip or whatever, but you kind of was like, Yeah, uh, when we when I interview him, but he said, No, I mean, if 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 (laughs) if I interview him, (laughs) I don't know if y'all got that in the tuck or whatever, I really hope so because I want the best for y'all, right? I want y'all to interview everybody, man, right? It was just dope to hear you talk about the book and just what ET means to you, do the Freudian slip, right? I know you're persistent, I know that first no didn't mean no, so. Anyway, it's just y'all are doing that. And eventually we became like more guest oriented. But one thing that we've always said is, yo, like we in here doing the work and we're going to showcase it, too. That's why every month we read a book and we break it down. That's why Mondays we put out these episodes where we talk about book news and stuff like that, because all of it is making us smarter. Not just talking to the authors, but reading all these articles, learning about what exactly a banned book is. Learning about the publishing industry, why it's important, why authors aspire to have their books chosen by Reese or Oprah and what that means. Right. How there were only, I think, what, five debut novels last year that were bestsellers. I don't know if that's the number. That might not be true. I think it was 15 debut novels were bestsellers, but only like a handful or less did it without a book club. And Robert Jones Jr. The Prophets was one of them. Right like this is a business and that's the part that that is so intriguing to the both of us cuz with reading you know you just want to read the book and just talk about it right but it's important to note that the books that we are consuming comes from an industry that is over 80% white it's important to know that hey there are for the most part, certain types of stories by Black authors that come out from these big presses. It's important to sit with yourself and say, why is identity so important in all these books that I read by Black authors? And it's important for you to sit back and say, because a lot of times they call that own voices, which implies that it represents, if not all of, most of Black people. But the thing that I say is, I don't think about my identity like that. I don't. Like, I think about it more because of the books I read. But prior to that, like, I just, you know, I think from the looks of it, you might could tell both of my parents are black. And then, which would make my siblings black. And then me personally, I've always dated black women. Right? So, I, there's really nothing. I went to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. It, it's just... That's just it's just life for me. It's not nothing to like explain. I just exist in it. Right, right, right. So you know maybe the own voices discussion is another episode too. But nonetheless, I say all that to say it's just important to just examine like what it is like you're consuming. They they talk about it all the time in TV too. They talk about color all the time with black people in TV. They talk about colorism every day, damn near. So why can't we talk about how blackness is represented in books, too? And and whether or not it truly relates to all of us. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it doesn't. Clearly, it does. I told you all I read black books for all these years straight. And took, like when we first came in contact, y'all were like, hey, you know, we like to talk about a book with somebody on the show. Right. And I basically put it off for like a year because I didn't want to come up here and just talk about some or recycle something. Right. Right. And. There's no way in hell, when y'all first reached out to me, I would have chose a book that wasn't by a black author. No way in hell. Yeah. Right? Because for the longest, like, I felt like, oh, I got to, I have to read the black authors because of the percentages. After a while, it became like this this loyalty thing or whatever, right? And 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 to a degree, there's some of that still in there. But I also realize that literature is vast. Literature is expansive. Literature doesn't have limits. Neither should my reading. So we're going to read whatever up here. Like if y'all ask me to come up, we're going to read anything. Right? And and although like a white woman wrote this book, you know, we're we talking mostly about like black work still. Thanks. Right? Yep. And um and books of pop culture is also about that. With books of pop culture, we're gonna read whatever, we're gonna talk to whoever. We just like we had, you know, uh Clint Smith, Hanifa yeah. Durke was also been here, yep. right? Tracy who's also been here. So we have black creators yep. as well, right? AJ Verdell, Jabari asim D. Watkins, you name it, right? We had Hernand Diaz up there too. We had Mosin Amid mm-hmm. up there too, mm-hmm. right? We got some other people who are not black that are booked yeah. Right. Because we play this game. We don't play a subset of the game. We play the game mm-hmm. and and nobody does it like us. Right. You come to Books of Pop Culture, you can't you can't recreate the Books of Pop Culture interview nowhere because they're not going to ask you the questions we ask. Facts. The easy ones, nor the, the more advanced ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. And and that's basically, like, y'all know that black people create the culture. We don't always own the culture, unfortunately, but we create the culture. Y'all know how this 100%. goes.
0: All in, Close to and, all.
2: Yeah, and that's what we're doing. we creating the culture, and, and right now, because we're independent, right? We we own it, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? It just gotta, we just gotta make sure we get more eyes and all that. It's the same journey, same goals, just like y'all. Yep. But nonetheless, that's what we're doing. That's, that's why I books are pop culture. And of course, if we talking pop culture, it has gotta be some black faces on it. So it's Achille and I. Yeah,
0: Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, you were starting out talking about all of the other content on the web. And I think that is true, but I think that the goal for the creator is to like have a monopoly in, in that, like you are just one of one. You know and like they go to books are pop culture because they want that quality of an interview because they want that quality of a combo about books that they literally cannot find anywhere else and it's just crazy to to think that there is thousands of folks that don't even know who y'all are yet who can't wait to listen to y'all's podcast you know and that's that is what's crazy um and, and that we think, think about every day, too, even with their with IG followers, because we're like, man, we're not even at a thousand followers yet. We've been in, been in the game for a minute. And but yet we still keep pushing on because we're like, we got to keep creating this stuff because there's so many folks that still don't even know us. I haven't even heard. So
2: yeah.
3: and
2: to say it for the 15th time, we, we keeping it real, right? <laughs> we might not benefit from this work that we're doing. When you blazing a trail, a lot of times you blazing the trail for the person behind you. So we in the era where like there might only be like a Cree or a Glory Edom. Like maybe 20 years from now, if we still add it or some other young person comes up and and is doing this work, maybe then it gets picked up by Spotify. Maybe maybe all we get is a thank you from them that's something that i got in my mind that's something that uh, thankfully i would be reading books whether a podcast whether books pop culture instagram 10 books 10 decades reggie or all this shit i was reading books before all that shit existed so the fact that i get to share it with people is just like an added layer to something i'd be doing anyway yeah right but i'm aware of the fact that it may not be us that benefit from the work we put in, but I still think the work is, is worthy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's, um, yeah, it's just worthy. It, it's worth the time investment and it's worth like, like I love the fact that I'm here talking to y'all. Like this, I've been looking forward to this since we booked it. I got added in my calendar Tell and everything.
0: Tell me about it, man. Tell me I've
2: about I've been it. looking, love the fact that I'm here talking to you brothers mm-hmm. about, you know this book and just anything else that I've decided to babble about right um and and I just think it's important we still do the work regardless of how many views or listens are on our shit and and if we give up now we may never reach that goal that we trying to get i
0: would say um a big way to help folks read more though, not only talking about it, but is writing. And I'm curious, you definitely seem like you have a lot to to say in, in the pin game. Like what are some of the topics and things you're really interested in writing about?
2: Ooh, so I'm not much of a writer these days. I mean, but I guess if I was writing, I'd be writing about the same things I talk about. Right. So I'm definitely interested. Clearly, in the book industry, right. So I would probably mm-hmm. share some opinions just on that. Um, I'm a, I'm interested in just like being black. I know earlier I said I'm not really into like identity, right? Mm-hmm. But I am into being black as opposed to explaining it, right? So in the event that I wrote some fiction, you know, it would you could just assume rightfully that all my characters are black unless I say, oh, this white boy here. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I want to do just like the white authors do with that shit. You know, right. they don't explain what their characters look like. They just put a character on there until they're black. I'll do the <laughs> same shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what black hair, oh, uh, a blonde or some shit. There ain't no explanation. <laughs> the The movie people who read that probably just put some redhead in that joint anyway. They don't care.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like,
2: you know, I would I would definitely just because the thing is. Like, I don't want to dismiss, so I, ain't, I ain't trying to be one of these niggas who, like, like there was this, I ain't even going to say the account's name, but there was this <laughs> one account that has a large following that, like, some months back was mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know about slavery, if it ever, a black woman, too. I don't know mm-hmm. if slavery ever happened. I've never seen a slave ship and all this other bullshit, right? If so I ain't well, one of I'll, them. Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, right? Yeah, I, wait, I, I, wait. I'll, I'll send y'all, I don't know if it's what? still available on-, on Wait, wait, Friday.
0: sorry, wait. She said, I don't know if slavery ever happened because I've never seen a slave ship. I might be misconstruing
2: some words, but the th- right. main thing was, she said, I ain't never seen a slave ship. And that led to some skepticism. Right. So. I-, I say this to I'm actually glad I said that because that's my portrayal of blackness. My portrayal of blackness is just normal shit. We just happen to have black skin. Mm. But a lot of times, right, and I recently, we recently had a, once again, I don't know when this comes out, but we already recorded the episode with Margaret Wilkinson Sexton who wrote On the Rooftop. Mm. And there's a line in that book that has been living with me, Mm. right? Because it's about, um, you know, this woman, Vivian, and her daughters, she's trying to raise them to be successful in music, right? And they had a group name, the Salvations, and all that, right? Uh, Ruth, Chloe, and Esther or Ruth, I should say Ruth, Esther, and Chloe because that's the, the oldest to the youngest.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But um, the narrator, the omniscient narrator tells us Vivian had it hard but not impossible. And a lot of times with Black art, Blacks have it impossible. But the life we live for the most part is just having it hard. Because if it was impossible, we wouldn't even be up here talking right now. Right. We have we believe in and pursue the American dream just like anybody else. We just don't articulate it that way. Mm. That that's our primary function. When y'all get off of here, y'all might enjoy y'all weekend, but y'all might get to work. I don't know, and y'all don't gotta say it on there. I don't want y'all to be, I don't want y'all to be accused of grinding too much.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I know what it is and I respect it if y'all get off here and y'all do get to work. Because ain't nobody coming to save us. And that's how a lot of us live. Mm. That That's blackness to me. Right? So I know in the event you ever do get some fiction from me, you're going to see black people striving and grinding. Mm. Because a lot of times that's what I know. The hardest working people I know are black folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I guess by default, the smartest working people I know also are black folks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I can't wait for that event though, that we get some writing from Reggie, man. I mean, I feel like book media though. I mean, and post the gram, unlike other, um, like mu- music critic criticism, I would say no one is waiting for DJ academics. To like release his maiden tape, right That would be trash um it would not just no one, no one's waiting for that, right but I think with uh book commentators, we are reading so much and just the de- de- developing our sense of what works and what doesn't doesn't work on the page we're like writing just seems like always the natural end of that and um how, how helping can continue that legacy. So yeah, like that's that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most um is just writing, writing, writing more from this journey. Um and it's it's a it's a hard feeling though, because right, when you are so involved in reading and uh critic critic critically thinking about books, it's hard thinking about being on the other side of, of it and being critically seen too, but I think I'm starting to feel more ready for it for that feeling. Um yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Like it's like I was saying with two books under 50 reviews. Like I didn't create a challenge yeah. so no one would participate in it. I saw people were leaning yeah. towards 10 books, 10 decades. I was like, yo, two books, you my baby. You you mean so much to me because you my first, but <laughs> I gotta move. My, my second baby to the to the front lines now like that's life and the good thing is they're both still my babies right nice and i don't have I-, I don't have a favorite <laughs> ah, you <might> as well. <laughs> i don't know we never we parents never choose favorites <laughs> so yeah man like I- i'm not mad at that bro and you want your stuff to be engaged with good bad and in between because let me tell you, this some this is some real shit here, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If I put out a book and everybody liked it, I feel like I failed. There ain't no reason I should wow. depict humanity and everybody likes my book. I need my star rating to be somewhere between like a 3.5 and a four on Goodreads.
0: If
2: y'all <laughs> niggas giving me four and a halves left and right, I'm being too agreeable. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not in it to be agreed with 100%, bro. I'm yep. in here to have discourse. This this is first take. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's what I'm into. I'm into discourse, even if it ain't like debate or or, or like the functional. I guess we call it debate. I'm into that too. I'm just into like like civilly disagreeing. I, like you don't gotta yell and scream at me. Like I ain't in all that shit. And and you ain't gotta assassinate my character because of a book I chose to read or some shit like that. Right. Right. Especially if I'm not out here, like being a bigot, you know what I mean? And some people might argue, Oh, this, this, you reading this book by this person is an act of bigotry and you know, whatever. If you feel that way, I can't make you not feel that way. Mm -hmm. But my thing is I am here for discourse.
0: Mm. -hmm. Where, um, what point are you at with uh, Kanye West now? I don't know if you're a, a fan, but that's just someone curious I thought of, giving events.
2: I would just be, I just laugh at him, bro, at this point. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, listen, man, like, yeah. as of this recording, this is the week of the White Lives Matter shit. <laughs> he ain't moving, that ain't affecting my life. The rent still do
0: hmm facts yeah that one that one was just so dumb i was like no what i'm just giving up i think i'm a, i'm still a fan of his music but it's just like this why are we even tracking this stuff so much i was making a big deal about it like we all know that that's true it's like uh, okay yeah you know so no but that was just a thought that i had, had. um yeah mm
2: yeah no, nah, it's just um I mean, ultimately, man, like I, I just laugh at it like, I, i'm not I'm not moved. I'm not gonna write no think piece like if I was a writer <laughs> right, if I was someone who yeah. was already prolific, right, right, right. But, but you know what, here's the thing about here's the thing about that stuff too. that stuff is a business too,
0: uh the think piece writing,
2: I mean, the think piece, the yeah, criticism. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think some of that is a part of the grind. Some of it is like, okay, look, this is easy money, it's low-hanging fruit. Let me put something out there. This is part of my job. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about this for real, but I can. I have the ability to. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you read it, you're probably thinking it's it's once again, it's righteous. And to some degree, yeah, sure, it probably is, but that's a business too.
0: It is. it's a big currency now. I mean, obviously, I feel like taking a stand is kind of necessary in any piece of writing to at least journalism now to like have any impact.
2: A thought that I've been thinking lately is, man, if world peace ever happens, a lot of people are going to be out of a job. So let me tell you a secret. They're not invested in world peace because they want to pay the bills just like you and me.
0: You have to, you have, you have to see. I, I've just been taking notes of all of your bars. I'm just like, damn, world peace I know, is sir. not <laughs> invested. <laughs> wow, hey, bro. This, this
2: this big boy talk, man. That's what we're doing today. 100%, man. That's right.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Ballers Read with Reggie Bailey. You can follow him on Instagram at Reggie Reads and check out his podcast, Books Are Pop Culture, on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find them. As always, leave a review of the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your feedback and we'll catch you over there in part three.